Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Hypnotic Healers. I'm Nicole Mazzucato and I'm joined by my awesome co-host as always, Anthony Gitch. And today we have a very, another very, very special guest for you. But before we dive into that, just our usual disclaimer, neither Anthony nor I are medical doctors or physicians or psychologists or psychiatrists. So please don't make any changes to any of your treatments, medications based on what you hear here today or any of the other episodes. Take what you like, dump the rest and um, leave us a really great review. Over to Anthony. Thank you for that wonderful disclaimer, Nicole. And today I am really excited to uh, be able to introduce somebody that inspired me when I first met him. Um, interesting story behind that, which we might we we might talk a little bit about. But uh, great guy, Ken Guzzo, the, the smoking king in the U.S. here, as far as I'm aware, along with a lot of other things that we're going to hit on today. But everybody, Mr. Ken Guzzo. Well, thank you both for having me on your podcast. Well, thank, uh, thanks for listening, all you folks out there in podcast land. So happy here. You know, I'm going to, because Nicole has been doing a lot of internet stalking as of late, um, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to let her jump right in and, and kind of feel her way around there. Okay. Well, first of all, Ken, you look like a super, super fun guy, and I would love to come and hang out with you sometime. <laughs> anytime, anytime, or maybe I get to Spain, I'll come hang out with you, but uh, that would yeah. be lovely. Yeah, that would be awesome. So I found you've got like a million websites. Um, <laughs> some of the links don't seem to go anywhere, and some of them do. <laughs> oh, I have got about 130 domains, because whenever I come up with an idea, I'll buy it. And sometimes I use them, sometimes I don't. But um, about a year and a half ago, someone um, hijacked my account and, and put all my domains up for auction. <sighs> They hijacked oh. my email and, and I had to get, now I got them all back really quick. I, I was on it. So none of them were sold, but I got them all back, but I had to rebuild them all over again. And some of them uh, I have not yet rebuilt. So that, that's why some of the links don't work. But, uh, but whenever I get an idea, I, 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 I'll buy it. And some of them are like, uh, I was just being silly with a friend one day and I, and I came up with the like, comdiddy.com. 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 Then I bought comdiddy.com.org. So I own those. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to do with them, but, <laughs> but they're well, mine. You know, that's how we got hypnotic healers. I just one mm -hmm. day I was like, well, okay, I'll buy that one because I might use it one day. I bought hypnotic heroes because I thought one day I might want a conference. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I just buy them like you do. And then sometimes something happens and sometimes nothing happens. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We were like, what should we name our podcast? Well, I've got this selection of domains. Which one do you like the best? <laughs> so, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the so, groundbreaking story behind the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no shit, huh? Um, yes. so Kim, why don't you tell us a little bit, like I said, I met you at HypnoThoughts four years ago, I think it was. And my initial impression 
And I've shared this story with Ken because my initial impression of Ken was this guy's a fucking used car salesman. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I sat in on your, it wasn't your emotional intelligence class then. It was something else where we were talking, you, you had a woman come up who was dealing with a grieving husband and we had the what's best about this, what's the worst thing about this sort of thing that you were talking about. And I was the thing that impressed me the most, I've got to say, was your integrity. It, it automatic, I, I shifted from where I was, was this guy was not a used car salesman, but this guy actually cares. Um, and it was something that, you know, it's funny, I got some shit for sharing with you and with Steve Roan after that. You remember I put a, a thing up on Facebook that said, you know, I've met some of the most impressive heterosexual men that I've ever ran into in any industry. And a couple people took that and boy, did they shift that into a negative direction. And, and oh, it no was, idea. oh yeah, boy, oh boy. Well, you know, are you stalking them? What do you, you know, what is it with you guys? And, and, and you're, and I'm like, Hey, now wait a minute, because I recognize in somebody else, something that I aspire to and that I appreciate, don't you take your personal things and turn it into something that it isn't. Right. And so it was an interesting little thing. But yeah, that's how I met Ken. I, I thought he was a used car salesman. I ended up taking your class. It was a it's it's an amazing smoking class, um, cessation program. And your other stuff is is golden, I think. And I love it. And and so I'm glad that I, I met you and I'm glad to have you on the show because you're still an inspiration to me. And so thanks. Well, thank you so much for saying that, Anthony. Um yeah, and I can understand why you would get that impression because, you know, my I started out doing hypnosis in complete isolation for the first five years of career. All I did was help people stop smoking, in, you know, exclusively. And um, and then I started, people started, started hearing about what I was doing and they started inviting me to come speak at different events. And they, when I, by the time I got to HypnoThoughts, um, I was getting pulled out into this world um, and and I was I'm so glad that I did because um, you know where we met at Hypnothoughts I've made some of the best friends in the world, uh, getting to know our community and and I was asked to um, if I would do 30 minutes of stand up comedy for the to open the show the following year like that was after right initially when I got invited to Hypnothoughts we just did off and now I'm being invited to be the the, the comedian for the following year. And so I started playing very playfully out into the world. If I'm going to be the hypnotist comedian, I should be interacting as a comedian. So I started like dropping little jokes here and playing with people there and being very playful. But there was a two pronged um, message I wanted to get out. One was let's not take ourselves too seriously mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. I think some hypnotists buy their own BS and take themselves way too seriously. Um, and then the other message that I thought was really important that I get out is that hypnotists deserve to thrive. Um, so in my messaging, when I was talking about my courses, I was really focusing on the money aspect of it. And that's probably what you picked up on as far as sounding used car salesman. People deserve to thrive in their practice. And a lot of hypnotists that feel like they're, they're, they're great hypnotists, they're doing great work, but they aren't making a lot of money. Because don't wear all the hats it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. So that was a message I kept reinforcing, reinforcing. It's okay to make money. It's okay to be successful. Mm -hmm. And we, even though we're doing work that's that's very personally and um, uh, ethical. 
ethically he healing and, and help helping others. Um, we don't need to buy into this notion that we don't deserve to be successful while we're doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and I just, yeah, I, I'm glad to hear you say that. And it was when, even in massage therapy, when I worked in that field and I was teaching in that field, these people, even when I went to my hypnosis class, there were people in the class that were like, oh, you know, what are you going to charge when you get out? And I was like, it's going to be this. And like, well, that's really a lot of money. And I'm like, what do you think I'm supposed to not feed myself because I want to help other people? I'm like, I I don't do the starving artist thing. And I'm not ashamed to have Joe who works on Amazon, who's stressed out, pay for it. Why should I be? He's not, he's not worried about charging me for the book I want to buy, you know? Um, So there you have it. That's the way I look at it. I've got no problem charging fees. (laughs) Yeah. if, If what you're doing, and I know that you're really great at what you do. So when you're, when you're providing value to others, uh, people will happily pay for that value. So it, it's not even about, you know, is, is but, but owning that what you have is, is valuable and then delivering the value. So when you pick up me working, how I was with that client caring, mm-hmm. when I'm in front of a client, all I care about is that client. I don't care about the money. I don't care right. about the time. I lose track of time. Mm-hmm. And because I put so much energy into the client, um, it, it provides a great deal of value, which then I can charge for Yes, with others. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have to be able to, if you're going to do that, you have to have the proof in the pudding. You know, I mean, you, you have to, what, what we tell, what I tell people in the control training is, you know, create an expectation, then over deliver. You yeah. always need to over deliver because, mm-hmm. and that over delivery is, is it doesn't take much. It really doesn't. When you start to blow people away by the fact that you're actually sitting there being present with them and allowing them to have their moment and their understanding of what is happening with just you shining your pieces in there where it's intended and where it helps, that's where the magic happens. And yeah, and so, absolutely. yeah, they're willing to pay for that. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100% in, in the over-delivering. I, the one caveat I put into that is I don't under-promise. Some, right. some people will right. under promise so I can over deliver. Yeah, no, but when no, I'm no, sitting no. down with a client, I want their expectations through the roof. Because mm. as I want, I want them to realize this is something really special is going to happen today. We're going to blow the cover off of that. And then over, uh, over uh, deliver on that is, mm. is a, a really fun thing to do. And, it, and it's about helping them it, while they're coming to stop smoking or stop drinking or with anxiety helping them with some other things that they weren't even expecting to ask for. And, yeah. and that's a, Nicole that's a calls that collateral healing. Mm, I like that term. That's great. Mm-hmm. Collateral healing. I like that. We talk about that. I mean, and isn't that really when we can remove that lateral healing.com. I just bought it. But isn't it great? Because I mean, that collateral healing, as we call it, that comes from actually being able to remove that foundation stone, right? They come in for one thing, but because you hit that one thing that all of these misbeliefs were built on, all of those things come crashing down because of just that one thing, just that Mm. one bit of light you were able to shine. And, and that yeah. happens when you have a connection and when you're listening to people. Beautiful. Well put. So tell us about the emotional intelligence stuff you're doing, Ken. Tell us, you've got a hundred different things going on, actually. You've got the smoking stuff going on. 
you've got the emotional intelligence. I think you've got a brand new class called emotional intelligence, don't you? Or a certification that you're doing with that? It's uh, it, it's close. It, it, the initials are EI, but it's uh, emotional. It's it's um, evolution intervention. That's, that's evolution intervention. Course. Right on. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's like emotional emotional intelligence. Well, you know, and like isn't that emotional funny? intervention? It's not emotional. It's yeah, the, the evolution power of suggestion. Yeah. How I, how that <laughs> was so easily lost in there once that was. Yeah, you almost it. made me rename my course. <laughs> So tell, tell us, us about, about it. About what was it? Ev okay. Evolutionary evolution, evolutionary evolution. What was it? Evolution yeah, intervention. It's, it's like, so I hold that all of us are on a path to evolve, and some mm -hmm. people are actively on the path. Some people are on the sidelines, getting stoned, waiting to get back on the path. But it's the only game in town is to find our way from where we are to where ultimately we will be. And I don't know if we do that in one lifetime or in many lifetimes strung together um but mm -hmm. i hold all of that as possible so we're we're evolving um and you know when you when i see people in the world how completely effed up our world is right now because we're all have different agendas and we all have different motivations and we're all up to different things but you can see and you can sense when so someone feels like the only way they can bring happiness is to put push other people down like a bully mm. or mm. or by taking it from others like a thief mm. or you know or you know and then you see other people that are very uh successful and generous with what they have what they know and what they share and they seem to move forward in their life by being of service to others i know in my own evolution as a um as a man and as a father um when i'm in service to my children I'm very happy. If I get my happiness through being in service to my children, I'm a very happy man. And if I want to get something from my children, I'm very disappointed. You know, even if it's just, can you stand here and smile for a photo? It's ultimately, this is going to be a tug of war and a struggle and, and it, could, it could end in disappointment. So I've just learned, you know, I, I started my my journey as a father with the intention of being of service to my child. And I noticed when as they got older, and I started placing more expectation on them, to be clear, is that expectation for me? Or is it to benefit them? And mm -hmm. whenever I'm in service to the, to the child, I, I, I feel like I'm on my path, and I'm uh, happy, happy in being of service. So in, in, in describing this, I, I, I hold that we're all on a path. And what my process does is it kind of hijacks where they are and it gives them a leap forward in their evolution uh, as a human being by clearing from their nervous system the baggage, the, um, the drag that they've developed along the way, which we all have, uh, this victim energy, which we react to and get triggered by. Mm. Um, if um, if I were to describe it another way, um, when you know, it's an interesting dynamic that researchers have discovered is um, when people have a near-death experience or actually die on an operating table and are resuscitated, um, there's something really interesting that happens a lot of the time. And it, maybe the person struck by lightning, you know, and they're resuscitated, but they're actually dead for a few seconds or a minute. Um, or they had a very near-death experience. And what happened, 
happens is they'll be, you know, in the hospital room, they sit in the, maybe he was a high functioning lawyer that loved to tear, tear companies apart, rip them apart, lay everyone off, and then sell all the pieces for more than the company was worth. There's mm. people that do this. And, and at the, and the, you know, in the recovery room, he's like, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I want to paint. And the, and the, the part thinking this guy got brain damage. He's making, he makes hundreds of millions of dollars doing what he does. He's the best at it. And he wants to paint or sometimes someone will look at their spouse and say, I don't even know you anymore. I feel like we haven't even talked in 20 years. I want to get to know you all over again. And, and people are just blown away. Like what, what happened to you? Hmm. So they think that the personality has changed. And what happened was there, there was an event that happened that where they were able to clear all that baggage that they've accumulated throughout their life. And then they were able to make fresh choices with no triggers. Hmm. And it's like, well, this is a very interesting dynamic. How do we recreate this without having to kill the client? (laughs) (laughs) Or without having to, uh, you know, when you're talking about that, a piece of that, what I'm hearing almost is what people are experiencing and why they're doing the psilocybin stuff. Right, because it removes, and and it, and that may not be what their thing is, but what I'm relating to is that when they come back from that experience, all that, all those old triggers, all that old stuff is gone. It no longer exists. Right. They come back as this or what they have experienced as this. I like that idea. I like that mm-hmm. idea. And I'll so I'll explain to the client. It's not like if you if you're coming here to clear some anxiety or trauma or PTSD, and there is no D in PTSD. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Um, so whether whatever it is they're coming to see me for, I say, I explain to them when, when we when we clear what's in the way, it's not like you find a better way to cope with your anger or your anxiety or the cravings to drink or whatever the issue is. It's the it's no longer in the system to be coped with. It's gone. Yeah. Right. And. Yeah. So, so it's, it's interesting because when I do this work, I, I, I work a lot with people that want to clear a serious addiction. A mm. lot of uh, alcoholic uh, behavior people come to see me for, um, or heroin, cocaine, uh, crystal meth. Uh, I've helped people with all these things. And, and ironically, it's the same process I use when I'm working with a very high-functioning uh, CEO of a company. They say, Ken... I don't have any more time in the day. I'm maxed out and I, and I can't work any smarter to the best of my ability. I feel like I'm maxed out, but I need to get a 20% increase in productivity. How do I do it? I say, I gotcha. And, or a professional athlete that wants to take the performance to the next level. They want to blow the cover off it. So I work with them to, I, cause they don't have any more time. They don't have any more energy. They don't have any more smarts that they're aware of. And what I do is I help them to clear the drag in their system. What's, what's, what's holding them back? Because when you see a sports team that performs just what seems like out of their way, like the, the Cinderella team wins the Super Bowl or this pitcher that's been an average pitcher, so one day they pitch a no-hitter. It's like, what happened on that day? You, you played completely above your, your abilities for that day. How'd you do it? And I say, first of all, the, the question presupposes pre that they played above their ability. I don't mm. hold that at all. I say that was you playing at your full potential, but just most days 
there's there's drag in the system that's keeping you from that potential so if yeah. that 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 day became your new normal day and your best day was far beyond that how do we how do we get you to that place mm. and then i work with them to clear from their nervous system on a cellular le- level what's in the way of them performing at the very best uh, without triggers without reactions without drag in their system without emotional responses that that are counterproductive to to what they want to achieve and and when we identify it in the nervous system we're able to clear it from the system so the work is done all waking state is a lot of nlp and i use uh, bruce lipton's uh work on cellular biology oh, right on and i also have william, william glasser's uh work on reality therapy and choice theory so these plus a proprietary process built in to actually create a clearing in the nervous system uh, clears what's in the way and then we replace that with their remind the the client who they really are um, Mm. and get them into a a state of being where they can remember what it feels like when they're performing at their best without any drag that is their truest state And, Mm. and that when that becomes the new normal state um, the world needs to get out of their way. <laughs> right wow. On. I love how you talk about that. That's yeah. It's, um, yeah. Wow. Mind blowing. Thank mm-hmm. you. What a process. Yeah. Now question for you. Are you going to the winter conference? I am in, it's going to be in Orlando this year. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. So, well, hopefully I'm going to be able to, what are you, what are you going to be doing there? Tell us what you're going to be doing there. Tell us what Ken's got going on at the ICBCH Winter Conference in Orlando, Florida this year. Of course, there's going to be Ask Me Anything. And it, it's, a, it's one that I do at HypnoThoughts as well. It's a uh, just an A. So there's no preamble. I'm not going to stand up there for 10 minutes and talk about how wonderful I am. I just say, okay, you guys, if you're in the room, I hope you know who I am, but let's just get right to it. What are your questions as they pertain to smoking cessation or becoming 100% referral? And let's just bang out as many answers as the time allows, and I'm not going to hold anything back. So that's mm-hmm. a really popular course, and it's always different, uh, oh, I which, bet. which is fun for me. Yeah. I never know what's going to happen. Well, that's the best way to go. I mean, you know, it, it's funny. I, I like the... Um, a lot of people still ask me how I have made it and what I do and where I do my advertising. And I'm like, yeah, no, no advertising. Um, I, I have never successfully ran any kind of advertising on Google or anywhere else. Um, print advertising I've done okay with when I was, when they, when that was still around, but um, yeah, I'm hundred percent referral based. And, and I think that in this industry, I think that a lot of us are that way. Um, yep. been able I've to hundred percent referral for 10 years and I wouldn't have yeah. it any other way. So I, I'm mm. completely in alignment with what you just said. Yeah. So it, are those, uh, okay. are those two things, to, uh, the smoking cessation and the, the hundred percent referral based business, are those things that you teach in your courses or are they courses uh, in themselves? Yeah. Yeah. My, especially the smoking cessation, it's, it's an entire business in a box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was talking about earlier about talking about, we deserve to thrive. I, mm-hmm. I teach hypnotists how to make money, how mm-hmm. to be successful, how to get the clients in the door, how to build a hundred percent referral practice. So I said, I'm going to teach you the marketing, the practice management, the hypnosis, the, the Gutso protocol, which is a neurological tapping uh, process. I'm going to teach you all of that. 
um, so that you can structure your practice in a way that makes money. And you're not going to have to you don't have to deal with people wanting to discount because when you're 100 percent referral, you have you don't have any competition. Nobody's mm -hmm. going to shop you around to save fifty dollars uh, or you know or save fifty percent because they saw a group on. They want the guy that helped their brother-in-law, who helped their sister, who helped their mm -hmm. fellow down the street. Yeah. They want you. So I teach my clients how to structure the practice to do all of that. And the key component, a key component into that is being completely present and caring and mm. loving during the session and be impactful so it kind of comes full circle to what we were talking about at the beginning yeah 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 well i mean it's like it says it when when i'm teaching people um and and in in our program but have an interest in, in what they're experiencing and why they're experiencing it don't jump into it with them but you need you, you need to be there with them Absolutely. You need to be able to, yeah. I, I, and so many people leave that part of it out. They have a process and that's all they do is a process. And then the other course I'm going to be teaching at the winter conference is creating lasting change, which kind of oh. dovetails into what we're, we're talking about. So it's not just having the estate change where the client feels good when they leave the office. How do you create yeah. lasting change that sticks forever? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's, there's, there's a few key components that go into that, that are really crucial that sometimes get missed in our profession. Cause we, we, we love how we work so fast and sometimes we skip over things that shouldn't be skipped over. Such mm. as, uh, I'd say one of the most crucial things is making sure you're actually working on the real problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Don't say that. Ken. I got much more trust in my fellow hypnotist out there. Come on now. <laughs> you just crushed like, I don't know how many, how many, how many times have you seen someone who's teaching some sort of a technique and the person says, uh, from the front of the room, anybody have an issue we could work on and, and, you know, and everyone wants to be safe. This is a quick demo. It's like, I'm not going to say my entire life, my right. self-esteem, like, Right. So they say uh, procrastination. I never let anybody get away with procrastination, you know, and um, right. So that's that's a blatant example to, to me. Um, and I have fun. And so, so some OK, come on up, you know, procrastination. And just by nuancing that problem for just a couple of minutes, um, I've got I've got this on video that I from a class I taught at the uh, Mid-America conference. And I just nuanced that problem out. And, and that, that, that person went from procrastination being their issue to the, up to, uh, the utter emptiness of an unfulfilled life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, that's and what I mean. Like, and you could, you, could, you could feel the gravity of it, that if they yeah. keep going on the, the path that they're on, that like, what, what would it be like at the end of your life, only then looking back to realize didn't achieve what you what you set yourself up to it's like you know and i frame that in for their children because he was he keyed in on his children were really important to him it's like so you know to take that procrastination out nuance that problem and then you can feel it when it clunks into place when it becomes so so associated with their identity and mm. and with the hard emotion of oh the pain of what that would be like you know fully fully played out 
And then there, now we got something with some energy because the whole point of procrastination is there's no energy to right. even motivate them to do what they want to do. Like, well, what are you going to do with that as trying to nuance that problem? And then mm. it becomes all about the process and the behavior. And I, whenever I'm working with someone, I want to get down to identity and right. to the and heart, real hard emotion. I think I, I understand what you're saying. Now, when you, when you were first mentioning that, I thought you meant like, I, I, my mind went someplace way different. Cause yeah, I mean, it's like when someone comes in to say that they want to lose weight, that's never really what they're there for. They, they want to feel better about who they are. They want to, there's something behind the idea that I want to lose weight. What is that? Because that's what we need to work with. Um, the weight loss is secondary. Um, what is yeah. it that's driving, you know? And so I, I got what you're saying. And yeah, I think you're right that a lot of people don't actually know until two sessions in, holy shit, that's what's wrong. But it's easy to get sidelined. I think for a lot of people, it is easy to get sidelined and, and distracted by the, the, it's almost like the shiny object, isn't it? You get distracted by the shiny object that the client presents with. I mean, re I was working with a client who had agoraphobia, nothing to do with agoraphobia. She felt alone in her life and in the world. But that was kind of like the presenting, the presenting kind of problems, this agoraphobia, I can't be outside, I can't be in open spaces. It's, but that's nothing, you know, that wasn't the real, that's not the real issue, just like you're saying. And I think it's easy to get distracted by that kind of big shiny object that the client presents with. Right. And so just nuancing the problem, make sure you're working on the real problem. I've, I've had another one that seems really obvious once you nuance it a bit, people fear flying. And they say, okay, well, let's talk about this. And we just and nuance that out. And, it, and then a re we realize together that it's not, not actually fear of flying. Like, when do you feel it? It's like getting in the plane. It's, it's when the doors shut. It's actually a fear of claust it's claustrophobia. It's a fear of being locked in and mm. being out of control. So it's not, it's not a fear of heights. It's not a fear of flying. It's a, it was something, it was something else, but we don't, sometimes we don't take the time to nuance the problem. So we're mm. really working on the actual problem, because if you do all this work to clear a problem, that's not the real problem. The client's going to be dissatisfied with, with the result because it's not going to actually address the real problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, or it's like those folks, I'll, I'll explain to my clients when they come in, I'm like, what are the things, you know, when they, when they start to go off this laundry list of things that they want to accomplish in this and that, and the benefits are going to achieve. I'm like, we need to narrow one thing, because if you've got five things that you're wanting to focus on, if all five of those things change by 3%, you don't recognize change in any of them. So we focus on what is the primary thing we want to change and let's get that to change at the, the top of the line that we can. And now you can recognize where the change is coming in and what you need to do to create more change. Um, and, and I think that that's where some people get, they, they want to do so much for their client and they want to meet all of their clients needs in that just a few sessions, instead of being able to recognize that in order to help them the way that they really need to help them is focus on each of these things. And if we pull that foundation stone, we're going to have all that collateral healing anyway. Mm. Beautiful. So Ken, I'm really interested to ask you how you, how you got into hypnosis. <laughs> Well, um, I wasn't interested in being a hypnotist and I wasn't interested in, in uh, smokers. I didn't smoke. I didn't know anybody that smoked, but I've been doing change work with people since 1989. And uh, sometimes there's a workshop, you know, at the front of the room and uh, uh, sometimes one-on-one -on -one working with people, but I've been doing change work for, for a long time. And one of my colleagues um, 
actually from Canada, came across this course for smoking cessation that was supposed to be really successful. And so nine of us went down to LA and got certified in this program. And the, 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 course, the course actually wasn't that great. <laughs> but I, I wanted to see what caused it to be successful and see if I could extract it and apply it to other things. Cause that's what I love doing is taking things apart, analyzing that, taking apart, reconstructing it a little bit differently or maybe a lot differently, and then, you know, getting greater results. Um, so that was my motivation. Um, but the course was essentially, here, here's my hypnosis training. Here's a script, read this script really fast. That was my hypnosis training. And, the and the rest was four days of the five-day course rest was four days of marketing and the marketing was essentially how to make brochures and drop them off in tanning salons to get uh, people to refer your 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 business so the course was not great it was not usable in so many ways but it, there was some there was some genius in the uh, smoking cessation script um but even that there's a lot of negative suggestions a lot of things that need to be restructured but I, I took this course and uh, wasn't sure if I was going to do anything with it because I, I was uh, working for full time with a six figure income in the downtown San Francisco in the technology sector, uh, managing a team of salespeople and doing sales training. So that's that's kind of where I was. And my wife was six months pregnant with her first child. So I wasn't looking to make a change. But two days later, we were in Cabo for a wedding. And my wife was having a nap because she was six months pregnant. And I was sitting by the pool kind of going over my notes from this course I just took and listening to some audio. And this woman is in a bikini at the next lounge chair over from me. She goes, what are you doing? Like, who sits by the pool listening, you know, with binders taking notes? And I explained to her that I'd just taken this course. Well, the following day, this other woman comes running up to me at the all-inclusive buffet and says, I'm sorry to bother you, but my husband and I are from Perth, Australia, we understand you can help people quit smoking. And we really, really want to quit smoking. We've tried everything. Nothing's worked. And really, I know you're on vacation, but we would pay you. Please, please, will you take some time and help us? I'm like, oh, my God. Now I got to really study. <laughs> and, um, and so I said, okay. Um, I just picked a number out of the air. I said, it's $300 each. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., your husband at 10 of the hotel staff, slide some paperwork under your door, fill out the form, bring it with you to your session, along with the money, and we'll and we'll do this. And um, and they, they showed up the next day with they said, We're really sorry, but the ATM only puts out pesos. So here's six hundred dollars in pesos, <laughs> which I handed to my wife and said, Go buy some souvenirs on our last couple of days here, you know. <laughs> so, but but that I call that woman my hypnotic angel because what she did was she caused me to put what I did learn into practice before the skill set atrophied. And I see so many people they'll take a wonderful course or maybe a decent course there there's some there's always some nuggets you get even if it's what not to do. There's yeah. always gems in in any experience you have and how do you take those and and put them into practice in your life before you forget and before the skill set atrophies. So she forced me to put it into practice. And then I, and I kind of fell in love with it. And it's like, to this day, like that was 15, 16 years ago, to this day, we're Facebook friends. And every year on my birthday and on their birthday, they make a big deal. Can you help us quit smoking? You saved our lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's like this 
this reinforcement and, and it's for my very first clients. Um, so that, that made it, that was a big deal for me. And what I, what that caused me to do is I said, okay, I'm going to quit my job. I wanted, I wanted to not miss those magical moments when the baby was born. And I took three months off to help my wife trans transition into motherhood. Mm. And then I got to make my own schedule and I work where I want, when I want, how I want. And I, and I started my own practice and it, it changed my life. It completely changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, stressed her the heck out, you know, quit, quitting my job while she was six months pregnant uh, to take time off and then to start my own pr practice. But what it also did was it meant this could not be a hobby. I need to, to hit the ground running and make this thing profitable right away. Mm. So what do I need to do? Who do I need to target in terms of uh, bringing clients through the door? And how do I process this to build it into a 100% referral practice that will uh, be self-perpetuating? Yeah. Mm. Well, good on you. Great story. Wow. Yeah. Great story. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. I mean, good for you for just kind of running with it. You know, I think maybe some people be like, oh, no, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Or, you know, give me a call in a couple of weeks time or something. But yeah, no, good for you for, for going with it. Yeah. And, and the ones who are thinking that way, sometimes they're right. They're, they're not ready. You know, and that's a great thing about hypnosis. You can start off part-time. You don't have to quit your full-time day job to jump into hypnosis because it's, we want to make sure that we're really good at what we do hypnotically, but it's not the most important thing when, when creating a, a, a practice that will be profitable. There's, there's certain things you need to be comfortable with all aspects of, of business, you know, including you know, the bottle washer and the janitor, <laughs> yeah. you know, but how, how do you become a sales per person? How do you manage your, be an office manager? How do you market? Mm -hmm. um, and, and you need to have an idea how you're going to do all these things before you fully jump in. Now, having the business background already, you know, second nature, I, I did feel ready to jump in, but, you know, people need to assess that for themselves. And there's what, what they have now that I didn't have then is, are these wonderful conferences that we can go to where we can learn from so many different wonderful hypnotists. They'll share their mistakes that they've made and their backgrounds and um, share ideas. And you can take go more deep dive into someone else's course and take their full course uh, once mm -hmm. you get a feel for who, who can benefit you the most. And we share ideas with each other. And I was I worked out completely in isolation for the first five years. My clients were my instructors, mm. um, and built something really special. But it was it wasn't like I took a little piece from Anthony Gitch and a little piece from Mike Mandel and a little piece from the. I, I created that myself, and that's the hard way to do it. And it's so much mm. easier now because there's so much more support now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's that is true. There's a lot of. Uh, and you know it, it's dependent upon where you get you who 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 you're surrounding yourself with in in the field. Um, you've got people that are willing to give you the coat off their back and help you succeed um, because they understand that that's how you help other people other people succeed. I mean, look at Jason Lynette. Jason Lynette probably wasn't around when you started to show you how to do business. We've got tons of resources. Um, in this country, in Australia, there's Scott Jansen, um, all over the world that teaches us now as hypnotists how to do business. So mm -hmm. there's really not an excuse any longer 
for people not to be able to really kind of sink their teeth. And if this is something that they want to do, they can do it. I, I was like you, I, I quit my job that I had and, and I just hung my shingle and was like, this has got to do it. And, and I've got to make it. And, and, and here I still am. Awesome. That's a big step. That's, I mean, but you have the confidence to know that you were ready. Right. Yeah. And the business skills, like I said, and there's like, I, you know, Jason's out there. We have a lot of folks, you out there who teach all of that now. And so there's, yeah, there's no reason why we shouldn't all be making it. And hey. sometimes people, when they have a scarcity mentality, because they're not making a lot of money yet, spending $3,000 on a course is, it's a, that's a big risk, you know? Yeah. So how do, how do we invest in ourselves to sharpen our own saw and make ourselves better? Um, you know, it, but if, if, if you're going to spend any money, it shouldn't be for a fancy office and leather recliners and, and a nice sign for your wall. If you're going to spend money, spend it on marketing or spend it on training that makes you better because you yeah. will become your, your best marketer because of the results you're getting with clients. So whatever makes you better or gets clients in the door, that's what you should be spending your money on when you're starting out. Yeah. And then ultimately, like I said, like for me, I've not spent a cent on any of this for 10 years um, because it's been a 100% referral, but I can, t I'll take courses to, to improve myself. I'll, 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 if I, if I find something that's interesting to me, I'll, I'll invest in myself to keep getting better and to keep, because one idea that I get from a course will lead to three ideas that I'll co-create with that information because it goes into the generator where I'm combining with other things and my life experience and it creates something really, really wonderful. And, and I think all of us have the potential to be like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You, you, you mentioned something before, and it is something that we, we tend to talk about with, with all of our guests here. Um, something that maybe went like, like maybe a decision that you made, you've made in your career that maybe didn't quite go the way that you wanted it to maybe in business or, or maybe with a client, something that you kind of, went, mm, yeah, I've learned from that and I'm not going to do that again. Do you have any, any, any golden nuggets to share with us? Well, there's, I mean, there's been decisions that I've made that didn't go right. And I, I, I'm not sure how much value that would be. Um, well, what would you, you what know, would like, you, but, what but would I, you, I do think, some something that I didn't think through that were, it was probably my biggest learning experiences. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily a decision I made, but it's a situation I found myself in, which led to me completely transforming how I do my practice. That's probably the most. That's important. what we're looking for. Yeah. 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 And it was it was early on in my career, and um, what I what I had done was when I when I. Uh, quit my job and I decided to start my business, I, I found a, a local newspaper, like a free paper in the, in Oakland, it was called the East Bay Express. It's a free paper that you see in the boxes and there's got all these picture ads on the back. And back then pot wasn't even legal in California, but you had the uh, marijuana, not the dispensaries, but the, the doctors that will give you a medical marijuana card. So it's the, the marijuana people, the hookers and me. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the back of that newspaper and the phone started ringing and, and I would, uh, and I would fill my entire schedule. Like I had a 40 hour work week and every hour was booked. And I, and I, before, and I'd look at it on the weekend as I would start to feel my week. And I felt this amazing sense of satisfaction that I was fully booked for the following week. And then two, two more weeks out pretty booked. So, but I, I wanted to, and then 
Well, what happened was, um, um, well, a few things happened. This, there, there was a, a series of events that happened that led to several aha moments for me. And um, what would happen was uh, people would no-show or would cancel last minute. And sometimes in a given week up to a third of my clients would no-show me. Mm. And, and I would get indignant and I would, I'd be like, why am I sitting here in my office more committed to your life than you are? Like, how dare you no show me for, for your appointment? And I, and I'd be like shaming them and indignant. It's like, and then, and then I'd hang up the phone. It's like, Oh, okay. I'd re- like to rebook it. I said, I don't, how do I have any faith? That it'll be different next time you'll find someone else. And I hang, you know, and, and at a certain point I did it, I did it a few times. And then I went, who am I? Like, who's, who's, what's, whose voice is coming out of my mouth? Like, oh my goodness. So here's, there's a series of things that happened. One was when I was working 40 hours a week, I I started, I started burning out. I started pushing people through the door. the, The client became less important because I was doing the same thing with every client. And I was, and then somebody would want, want to tell their life story to me. I've got, I was like giving them, I was, I was giving them three hours worth of material in two hours. And I was committed to giving them the most that I could give them. And then they said, let me tell you about the first cigarette I ever smoked. It was back in 1929. I met a girl <laughs> with great gams. You know? And I'm like, this is actually a really interesting story. I want to hear it, but I got, I'm already 20 minutes behind. I got people backed up in my office waiting to get in and I would work right through my lunch hour. Like I was, I was, I was constantly behind in my appointments. Um, I was working f- full time and then indignant when someone would no show uh, cause I couldn't get that two hours back. And, uh, and so I started burning out. So that was the first mistake I made. I, I booked clients every day, full time. And, and I started losing my voice. Hmm. And uh, so physically, it was making me a wreck. Emotionally, it was making me a wreck. And, and strategically, it was not smart. So what I did was, uh, as I developed my process and it became even more successful, and I created the Butso protocol, um, I, w- I was able to charge more and see fewer clients and squeeze those clients into two days a week. So I see clients two or three days a week maximum. And that kept me fresh made me excited to see every single client so that when they came through the door, I was there completely present with them and excited. And they knew something really impactful was going to happen. Uh, but I'm, I make now more in two days a week than I used to make in five days. So I make two to $3,000 per day on days when I see clients. And then I've got three days to do other money-making ventures, uh, like promote a course or follow up with somebody, you know, to get something else going. So, um, so the, the one thing was not burning out. The other thing was, uh, back then it was impossible to get a merchant account if you're a hypnotist because they were expecting a lot of chargebacks because hypnotist is just fake, right? Um, so it was, so I, I had no way to t- take a deposit uh, back then. And then finally I got a PayPal account and started uh, charging people at the full price ahead of time or at least a deposit. And lo and behold, when I started collecting deposits, everybody showed up. It was the most compassionate thing for me in my business 
and was the most compassionate thing for the client because the client actually showed up because they didn't get cold feet the day of because they had some stake in the game and they got the result they wanted, which was to be free. So their life transformed, their family's life transformed, their children didn't have to have to go through the experience of having a father or a mother who was constantly stepping away to smoke instead of being present with they have to deal with the, that person dying 10 to 14 years too early, dealing with chemo and radiation. I mean, the, the people's lives are transformed because they charge a deposit. Hmm. So a PayPal account or a merchant account so that you can get, get have them have some stake in the game. And, and now it's my clients pay online and book online. I don't even have to sell them on the course, on the, on the thing. They just show up. So And then the third thing was the 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 attitude where i'd be so self-righteous and indignant where i actually shaming the people that didn't show and and and, and taking it so personally so there there were a few things going on and when I, I let all that go and looked at the whole thing freshly how do i create a situation where this never happens again uh and then implemented it um my my it freed me up emotionally uh, f- uh financially and 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 uh and uh, I want to say time-wise, uh, however you would say frame that, uh, to 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 expand myself into into a much bigger world. When I let go of those really small stuff issues that were were jamming me up in the beginning. Right on, right great, on. Great learning, great lessons. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's that's um, oh. yeah really helpful and really important. Absolutely. Um, and I and I think that um, we are going to begin to wrap things up here. I wanted to again say thanks for doing this, Ken. I appreciate it very much. We uh, kind of had to reschedule at the last minute when we when we decided to do this last time. So we we are grateful for your flexibility, and uh, thank you for all the golden little nuggets that have been dropped throughout the the show here. I'm uh, my pleasure. It was real fun just chatting with you. I, I love how comfortable and informal this all was, and uh, wonderful to meet you, Nicole. Yeah, uh, likewise. You're going to meet her yeah. next year. She's going to actually be at Hypno Thoughts. Hooray! Oh, okay, we'll we'll play together. Um, come yeah. early for my pool. I throw a pool party on Thursday night every year, and I buy everyone a drink. So come early for the pool party. Awesome! And it's a great way to meet everyone <laughs> before we jump in into the courses um and if anybody out there is listening to the podcast uh wants to get in touch or curious about learning more about any of my courses please do i'm re- i'm i'm easy to find on facebook i'm real approachable and i'm happy to answer any questions yeah he's very very approachable if you ever see him at any of the conferences don't hesitate and yeah can in the show notes we're going to have all of the different ways that they can uh reach you oh um, wonderful and so yeah we'll definitely include that and thank you again for for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us thank you so much and we we definitely hope to have you back we really really appreciate you thank you so much ken thanks nicole all right have a great day everyone make it amazing thanks for listening to the hypnotic healers podcast don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on facebook you can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com